Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome into the On Three Studios here in Nashville, Tennessee. Happy New Year to everybody, and we're off to a great start. No, oh, well, actually, I tried to record this intro on Sunday, but it got obliterated when Dominic McKinley flipped his commitment from Texas A&M to LSU. So here we are, a true New Year's taping edition of the Inside Scoop. What a great day to talk some recruiting. But before we get into it, hit subscribe to the On3 Recruits channel. Did you watch any of my videos in the year of 2023? If the answer is yes, then hit subscribe because we're going to be here for all of 2024. So starting off the action, we got some, we got the Under Armour game. That's going to happen in Orlando. Then the All-American game in San Antonio is also this week. And with those All-Star games come big announcements. We're expecting big announcements from four-star Zay Mincy, the number 48 overall prospect in the 2024 cycle. He plans to announce at the All-American Bowl on January 6th in San Antonio. Florida, Florida State, Miami, all fighting to keep him in state. Alabama, though is the team trending right now. Who is also making a decision on January 6th? Running back Daniel Hill. He's been so close to committing a few times already, but he is finally ready, and it's going to happen January 6th. Will it be Mississippi State, Alabama, South Carolina, or Tennessee? Remember, he's going to commit on Saturday, and then he's going to enroll at his new school about four days later. He's an early enrollee, so it's all coming fast for Daniel Hill and Zay Mincy. Comment section below. Where do you guys think these top uncommitted prospects are going? Let me know. All right, let's talk a little 2025 right now. Number one quarterback Bryce Underwood. He plans to make his announcement this Saturday. The number one player, number one QB in the 2025 class. Now, 
We're going to get to Bryce Underwood, but if we're going to talk 2025, then I got to talk about the number one running back in that class, Harlan Berry, because he comes off the board before Underwood. January 3rd is when Harlan Berry decides, and he is trending heavily right now on the recruiting prediction machine at 98% to the Tigers. And I really don't see any stumbling blocks for LSU to come between them and Barry on January 3rd. I think he ends up an LSU Tiger. All right, let's talk a little Bryce Underwood now, less than a week out from his decision. Now, Bryce Underwood already has laid out a top seven, but I think it's either LSU or Michigan. Now, you can't count out the Colorado Buffs with Coach Prime at the helm. They are a sleeper, but I think ideally this comes down to two teams, LSU or Michigan. And LSU, you know, that's where my pick's at. A little, a little bit of a concern with them not having an OC in place, but remember, Underwood's a 2025 recruit, so they'll hire an OC and he'll get to know them. Um, so let me know, January 6th, who do you think will land the number one quarterback in the 2025 class? Comment section below. Now, if it is LSU, I think they're on their way to be trending for the number one class in 2025 before the cycle even officially starts. Remember, signing day for 2024 is February 7th. So we're only in January. We got about a month until we can officially turn the page. But already, LSU has landed the number one wide receiver in DeCorian Moore. They're leading for the number one running back in Harlem Barry, then Underwood this Saturday. So LSU could have three number one recruits at their position before the 2025 cycle even officially begins. So let's take a look at some of the top prospects in the 2025 class. Here's the top 15. And a couple of these guys, like I said, three or four of them will probably be off the board in the next three or four weeks. Bryce Underwood, we know, is Saturday. You got DeCorian Moore already committed to LSU. There's Justice Terry, the number two defensive lineman in America, already committed to Georgia. Harlem Berry, he's number 11 overall. And like I said, he comes off the board in just about a day or two. Then, sitting down there at number 15, you have George McIntyre. Now, I talked to Matt Ray yesterday about George McIntyre and where things stand with Tennessee, and he actually thinks that George could make a decision in late January. So George McIntyre from Nashville has told me that maybe February is when decision could come, but he hasn't set a date. It could actually come sooner than that. Will it be Alabama or Tennessee? Now, George McIntyre also considering LSU, but we have to assume if Bryce Underwood ends up at LSU on January 6th, then that's going to take them out of play for George McIntyre. So it's likely a two-team battle for the number two quarterback in the country. So we're going to talk more about Underwood uh, with Zach Libby from On3's Michigan site. But before we do that, we're going to do that here in a minute. Let's take a step back to the 2024 cycle. Remember, the whole reason I had to come in today to tape a new intro is because of what happened with LSU. They flipped five-star Dominic McKinley from Texas A&M. So here's a rundown of the top 10. Of course, Georgia's still at number one. The action starts right there outside the top five. Miami's still at six, but LSU, with the addition of McKinley, jumps from nine to seven. That pushes Auburn down a spot. That pushes Oklahoma down a spot. Still got Notre Dame sitting in there at number 10. And there could still be some more movement to this top 10 because of what caused the movement last night. We got five unsigned recruits in the top 100. Now, I didn't say uncommitted. They are, two of them are committed. They're just unsigned. So let's take a look at the top uncommitted unsigned. You got Ryan Williams committed to Alabama. Now, he has set an official visit to Texas, Alabama, and Auburn in the month of January. So even though he's committed to Alabama, if Auburn or Texas could flip him, that could, we could see a change 
to the top 10. Terry Bossy committed to A&M. He's going to take a visit to LSU. Dominic McKinley. Now he's committed, but he's not signed. Even though he flipped his commitment, he still hasn't signed with LSU. Now, I don't think anything's going to change here. I, I thought he would flip his commitment away from A&M, most likely to LSU. But remember, at the time, Texas was involved. Tennessee was involved, as was Oklahoma. But Dominic McKinley makes it official right as the clock strikes midnight on New Year's Eve. He is an LSU Tiger. Now, we also have to look at Gatlin Bear. He's number 43 overall, wide receiver. Michigan leads for him on the recruiting prediction machine, but Oregon, they're heavily involved. And then Zay Mincy, we already talked about him, in there at number 48 overall. He'll make his commitment this Saturday. So where these prospects end up could cause some movement in that top 10. We're going to get all into it this week. We'll cover it. We got a great show today. We're talking Michigan and Bryce Underwood. We're talking transfer portal QBs with Pete Nakos then Auburn. They are not done yet. Hugh Freeze hits the offseason looking to make some more noise on the trail and the portal. So, great show. Let's get to it. The transfer QB dominoes are falling fast. So fast that I better get this video recorded before news breaks again. We're going to bring on on threes Pete Nakos, who's been knee deep in all of this action. We're going to make sense of what happened today. A lot of QB dominoes have already fallen and also Figure out what is next for not only Miami, but also Will Howard. What about Malachi Nelson? We're going to break it all down, I promise you. But first, hit subscribe to the On3 Recruits channel. We don't only cover high school recruiting. We cover the transfer portal, and we got you covered with all this breaking news. So go ahead, hit subscribe for me now. All right, Pete, let's get to it before even more news comes out. You see the graphic here. Only Will Howard remains undecided, but let's start with Cam Ward and do you think that his decision to go to the NFL caught Miami and FSU off guard today? I don't think it caught either of them off guard. I think that, that the Cam Ward camp has made it really clear since December 4th when he went in the portal that the NFL was always going to be a viable option. Um, I, I, I do think it maybe caught Miami a little bit off guard. I think Miami thought it was down to Miami and, and the NFL. Um, and they knew the NFL was a, a very viable option, but I, I think Miami had some confidence that Cam needed another year uh, in college, but obviously uh, he's hurt differently, and now he's off to the NFL. Mm, wow. Crazy just to go to the NFL because we knew there was high demand for these transfer quarterbacks, and you and I have talked on this show, and it's been batted around in other places too, just how expensive it can be for a transfer quarterback. So does price go up with Cam Ward's decision to go to the NFL, kind of take some supply off there, even though demand is still very high? I would say in certain situations that, yeah, I think that um, the the value of an elite quarterback is going to go up. I think you and I have talked about it quite a bit, right? I think there's only five to seven, maybe eight elite quarterbacks in the transfer portal this go around. Um, and now one of them is off the board and the amount of suitors is still pretty high. So, yes, I definitely think that the price of a elite quarterback is going to go up. And then Arkansas quarterback K.J. Jefferson, kind of just moments after the Cam Ward decision, he announces that he will go to UCF. Pete, you nailed that one. You had a pick in for K.J. Jefferson to UCF. And then DJU, it was his turn. The next QB domino to fall, he commits to FSU. Take us behind the scenes of that one. How did it play out, DJU to FSU? Yeah, uh, Florida State kind of set the smoke signal up last night that, yeah, DJ is going to be our front runner now. We're not going to hang out and wait for Cam Ward. And um, I think what it really came down to is you had someone in DJ who who wanted to be a Seminole, who wanted to be in Tallahassee, 
And I think uh, Mike Norvell and his staff, right, I, I think that they want someone there who wants to be there. And now Florida State's going to chase another ACC title and, and try to make the 12-team college football playoff. And they want someone who wants to do that. And, and DJ definitely wants to, to be the guy. All right, let's stay right here in the ACC. So as these QB dominoes fall, we see Miami is still without. What's next for the Miami Hurricanes? You know, I think Miami's going to kind of take a minute and take a deep breath. Um, it came out a little bit earlier today that all of a sudden they were going to go after KJ Jefferson. And then I think within 30 minutes, KJ had committed yeah. to UCF. Um, look at Malachi Nelson in Miami. Uh, they've, they've been in talks already. I could see those heating up. I also think there's a chance that Miami goes after a quarterback who hasn't even entered the insurance portal yet. Mm. Now let's talk about Malachi Nelson for a second. I know he was a five-star last year, the number 11 ranked overall, but he was third string when the dust settled at USC this season. So is Malachi Nelson transferring to Miami the answer for the 2024 season? I know he'd be a great long-term solution because he still has three years of eligibility, but is that who Miami would turn to for the 2024 season or would they need another quarterback? Um, I think that remains to be seen. I think they'd love to take Malachi and someone maybe a little bit older who has a little bit more in-game experience. Um, you mentioned that he was a third string. I think part of that was through the fact that he was dealing with an injury he was yeah. recovering from for most of the season. Um, I don't think we've seen a fully healthy Malachi Nelson yet. Um, but I, I also I think it's fair to say that I don't think Miami's ready to just completely go all in on Malachi. And, and I could see them definitely taking two quarterbacks. Okay, well, then that leads us to the next top available quarterback on the transfer portal board, and that is Will Howard. He's leaving Kansas State. Now, we thought Will Howard was tied to Miami at one point, but it kind of seemed like that cooled. Now there's a lot of buzz around Ohio State. So, Pete, what's up next for Will Howard? By the buzz in Ohio State. I definitely think that Will Howard and Ohio State have been in conversations. I definitely could see it coming together. I'm not ready to put in a, a RPM just yet, but I mm -hmm. definitely see it in that direction. Um, and I think beyond that too, I think um, I, I, Ohio State needs a quarterback, right? Like that was made extremely clear in the Cotton Bowl, um, obviously dealing with a second string and a third string true freshman, um, but bringing somebody in who has a lot of experience and, and Will Howard checks off a lot of boxes for what the Buckeyes are looking for. All right, now toward the end of the Cam Ward recruitment, we heard that Auburn was involved, which is interesting to me because the question heading into really the weekend was, will Auburn, after their bowl game, pursue a transfer quarterback? And it looked like the answer was, eh, maybe. But did they tip their hand by going after Cam Ward? Can we now expect Auburn to be a major player on the transfer QB market? You know, they definitely tip their hand that they want to get a quarterback. I don't know if I'm ready to proclaim they're going to go all in. I think right, Cam Ward checked off some boxes. Hugh Freeze and Cam had a pre-standing relationship from when Cam went in the transfer portal and transferred to Washington State. Uh, if you don't remember, Liberty was also involved at the time. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we'll have to see how it plays out. I think it's way too late to get involved with Will Howard. Um, I don't know if Auburn and Malachi Nelson are a match made. Um, so I think we're going to have to see how some more dominoes fall. Do we get a couple more quarterbacks to enter the portal in the last 48 hours or so? Probably. Yeah, probably. I think we're going uh, yeah, to yeah, I think we're gonna have to uh, keep our ear to the ground on that one. 
All right. Well, today was a big day for quarterback dominoes in the transfer portal. We saw three quarterbacks make their decision. Could be more on the way. Let me go edit this video and get it posted, Pete, before there's more news that breaks. So thank you for joining us today on the Inside Scoop. You bet. Happy New Year. We are under a week before number one quarterback Bryce Underwood makes his big decision. And the question is, can Michigan keep the Belleville product home or is he leaving the state? That's what I want to know in today's video. When I bring in Wolverine insider Zach Libby, we're going to talk Underwood. We'll talk the latest on Gatlin Bear and we'll hit on the transfer portal as well. Before we get started, though, Michigan fans, do me a big favor. Hit subscribe. Look, we're trying to grow this thing. We need you to be a part of it. Michigan fans, hit subscribe to the On3 Recruits channel. All right, let's bring on Zach Libby from the Wolverine. Now, number one quarterback Bryce Underwood decides Saturday. But first, let's finish out the 2024 cycle and talk a little wide receiver Gatlin Bear. He opted not to sign during the early period. Uh, pretty much down to Oregon and Michigan. Zach, what are your sources saying about Michigan's chances right now? Yeah, I mean, Michigan's in a good spot. And it's been that way ever since late November when he returned from Michigan for the Ohio State game, which was his first visit back uh, since his official visit in June. I mean, Michigan has knocked it out of the park in terms of selling what it can sell and mm -hmm. selling um, a comforting atmosphere and really a family vibe. I think that's been the basis throughout this whole recruitment, selling family. Um, you know, he comes from a small town. He comes from a large family. He comes from a close family. Now, Michigan is going after him with multiple coaches. I mean, head coach Jim Harbaugh, wide receivers coach Ron Bellamy, um, area recruiter Jay Harbaugh has been in the mix for a while. Um, they did their in-home last week. I mean, right before the de uh, early signing period with him. And, you know, Titans coach Grant Newsom was out there with them. So there's a lot of uh, eggs in the basket, if you will, for landing arguably the fastest man in, pass, in pads. Now, M Michigan has offered him more than just, you know, relationships. There's more than that. It's strength and conditioning program under Ben Herbert. You know, this is a kid who wants to major in kinesiology. So that's a path that he wants to take. They're selling him a role in an offense. I mean, this is a kid, right? Like a 10.1500 meter dash time, second fastest in the country. So they're selling him on being that player, that um, X factor in an offense that's um, trying to rebrand itself in a way and having a more balanced attack. So having him on the outside, having him being that weapon that Michigan can have and be, having him be a difference maker in the offense. I mean, that's really been a big selling point for him too. Now, there's other things as well. You know, head coach uh, Cameron Anderson at Burley, Idaho, he has coached Colson Loveland at Michigan, um, who's the tight, sophomore tight end. Now there's a connection there, um, but they're also selling him, you know, we're going to accept you in two years because keep in mind he is going on his two-year mission so yeah. this is a case going to roll in and roll in 2026 so they're saying we're, we will accept we will welcome you in two years i mean harbaugh has had experience recruiting uh mission kids i mean Taysom hill when harbaugh was at stanford back in the day those are just that's just an example andrew gentry is on the roster right now so this is a familiar territory for Michigan and Harbaugh, but yeah, I mean, having Bear delay it into February isn't that much of a surprise. I mean, he's not going on his mission until late February, so he has that time to think it over. But you know, the the 
the race against Oregon, I mean, Oregon has a more dynamic offense, if you will. It's closer to home. But again, he has seen what what is available in Ann Arbor in terms of being a part of an atmosphere like the big house for one of the biggest games in the country. So um, he has seen. What's next for yeah. him, though, in terms of visits? Does does Michigan have any ability to get him back to campus? Do they even need to get him back to campus, in your opinion, Landon? Uh, no, um, he has seen everything that is there is available. But I also I don't believe he has he has um, he has specifically told me too he doesn't have to visit again. Right. Um, he has seen everything from the official visit to the weekend in Ann Arbor. So uh, I think everything in those two visits gave him exactly what he needs to in order to make a decision. All right. Well, January will prove important for his recruitment. Now let's talk Bryce Underwood. January is not going to be matter. He's coming off the board on January sixth. And heading down the stretch, you know, there was a lot of talk. Why hasn't he visited Michigan during the season? Well, he finally did. He made a stop there in December. What's the latest intel on where Michigan stands with Bryce Underwood as we're about five days out from his big decision? Yeah, so I guess the big thing was when we were last on here and he supposedly took a visit, which didn't happen. But he ended up visiting Alabama that final weekend of the dead period, which was you know, that was the weekend in which Michigan was going to have to have him on campus. Um, there was a need for him and his family, in my opinion, to have a sit down with co head coach Jim Harbaugh, figure out what the plan is for the future, have him get more individual meetings with Kirk Campbell, the quarterback's coach, to go over, fit in the offense, the future of the offense, and really have him sit down with boost I don't know important people in the program just to figure out off the field opportunities I think that's the big difference maker in how like he can uh, monetize individualistic brands mm -hmm. how he can capitalize on NIL through Michigan there's just things that need to be done on a weekend visit that just couldn't be done on let's say going there on a random weekday in the uh, on a school day and just hanging around campus but, you know, having him not there on that final weekend and him instead going to Alabama, it's just, you know, I think that was the difference maker in terms of just how confident Michigan could be, you know, in landing the number one player in the country who's less than 30 minutes away from campus. So, again, like you said, he's deciding on Saturday. So there's no, no visits since the Ohio State game. So I haven't put in my prediction yet, but I still, as I've mentioned here on many times, I feel like the on three recruiting prediction machine is accurate. I have said before that he has had always had an interest of his play for the SEC. You know, Alabama's making a big push right now, but LSU has been just a constant in his recruitment. And I feel like wherever he lands, I just Michigan just is is far behind. All right, let's say, yeah, let's say Underwood does go to LSU or Alabama or Colorado on Saturday, and it's not Michigan. What's next for Michigan at the position? What do they do? I know they already have one quarterback committed, but what do they do at the position after Underwood is off the board? I mean, they still have targets in the 25 class. I mean, there's quarterbacks like Hussan Longstreet out of Centennial High in California. They have, Kirk Campbell is obviously not put – all eggs in one basket an approach that was done under previous regimes or previous quarterback coaches at Michigan. You know, there's been a diversity in terms of offering quarterbacks at mm -hmm. that position at that class, but obviously the transfer portal is available. Um, the, the likelihood of JJ McCarthy leaving for the NFL is not a guarantee. You know, he could stay, he could leave. So, you know, you kind of have to have that 
quality uh, next man in line at the position. Um, right now in the depth chart, I mean, who who is going to take over if J.J. McCarthy leaves next season? Right. Do you go to the transfer portal? Do you keep recruiting 25 quarterbacks? I mean, they have one in Carter Smith, right? A very high upside player, a very sure. big dual threat player. But um, we'll see what happens. But, you know, Kirk Campbell is one of the most elite recruiters on Michigan staff. So if they don't end up getting Bryce Underwood, there will be options in 25 that will be on the board. Yeah, and you kind of mentioned possibly a portal quarterback. But just speaking in generalities here, as Michigan is still battling in the playoffs, when we do hit the offseason for the Wolverines, what will their portal strategy look like? Do you think that fans should expect a heavy, uh, an aggressive push at the portal or maybe just you know spot a few guys here and there? I, I mean, spot recruiting. Um, they don't – there's not going to be – you know, they don't – it's not going to be an aggressive transfer portal um, recruiting for Michigan. You've never seen that these past few cycles for Michigan. I feel like they'll find their guys that are culture fits, that can be in that environment, that know they can plug and play. Um, you've seen that, you know, this past season from, like, Ladarius Henderson to Ernest Hausman. But they've already landed, you know, a guy in linebacker, Jay Sean Barnum, you know, mm-hmm. um, a guy – a stat, you know, a guy who can rack up tackles and you could plug him in. But there are going to be some needs at the transfer in the transfer portal. You know, positions like cornerback. You know, you've seen guys like Cameron Calhoun, freshman leave. You know, defensive line. You, um, Camp Chris Jenkins, a guy like Cam Good. You know, rotational guys. You know, you want more depth pieces. So guys will be gone last year. You want to replace them. You know. Wide receiver is going to be another one. I feel like Michigan has already been targeting guys and offering guys. There's, uh, you know, you could lose guys like Cordelius Johnson and Roman Wilson. So you want that proven playmaker. But um, the quarterback's another, obviously, you know, depending on whether J.J. stays or not. So you're going to see – you're not going to see an aggressive push like some other schools. But obviously, it's a resource that Michigan values, and you'll see some guys popping in. Yeah, they can definitely add some important pieces. All right, Zach Libby, thank you for dropping by the Inside Scoop, talking a little Michigan recruiting today. Appreciate it, Josh. Thank you. Auburn season officially ended with a loss to Maryland in the Music City Bowl. So let's turn our attention to the next logical item on the football calendar, and that's recruiting. So I got Jeffrey Lee from Auburn Live to talk about a potential five-star flip that could go down in January. We're also going to talk some transfer portal. So Auburn fans, for, before we get started, hit that subscribe button for me. We are growing this page. It's been fun. Hit subscribe for me, please. All right, let's bring on Jeffrey Lee from Auburn Live and Alabama five-star wide receiver Ryan Williams. He was at Under Armour check-in, and he put out his list of official visits he will visit Auburn last, right before the February signing day. How important is this month to his recruitment to Auburn? Uh, it's absolutely critical, Josh. It's um, you know he, he says he's 100% locked in with the Tide, and, and uh, no reason to think he's not, except for he wants to take other visits. Now, you know how much do you read into that? Well, uh, Alabama fans. If, if the roles were reversed, Auburn fans certainly would be worried about a five-star commitment taking a visit to Alabama the last weekend before signing day. Good uh, point. You know, we've been saying on this show, Josh, that you know Auburn is leg- uh, is a legitimate threat to Alabama here. Hugh Freeze has gone, uh, you know, w- above and beyond <clears throat> what it takes to get this kid and h- at least his attention. 
and uh, wanted that uh, that last official visit. And uh, you know, Chad Simmons uh, got from Ryan Williams the date is locked in that first weekend of February. So going to be a lot of ups and downs in this recruitment. It's going to be a crazy ride, as we would all expect. <laughs> but uh, having that last visit for Auburn will be big. But how did they work to get that last visit? Because Alabama's not new to this recruiting thing. They know how important last visits are. And they have their set for mid-January. So I, I don't really understand. How is Auburn able to position themselves for that final visit? I think Hugh Freeze was looking ahead. He was looking ahead at this and was like, let me go ahead and get this locked in before other schools start thinking about this. Mm -hmm. He was ahead of the curve here. And let's don't forget, Ryan Williams was on, was on Auburn's campus the last day before the dead period in December, visiting with uh, Cam Coleman and, and Perry Thompson and those guys. Those commitments are the signees. Um, so he was here the last day before the dead period in December, and he will be in Auburn the last day before the dead period in February. So getting those last those last in-person visits, man, that is very crucial, very important. And uh, Hugh Freeze, is, he's very good at the in-person uh, communication. So getting that will, will be absolutely big for Auburn in yeah. their attempts to flip him. Yeah, and Ryan Williams has also been heavily recruited by some of the Auburn commitments. You you kind of just hit on it, but who are the guys that are kind of spearheading this peer-to-peer -peer recruitment of Ryan Williams to Auburn? I think it starts with Cam Coleman. It starts with Perry Thompson, those wide receivers. They want the freeze five, as as, as it's been known. Uh, you know, Bryce Kane, Malcolm Simmons, Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson all have signed – uh, Auburn wants that that fifth guy, and uh, and Cam Coleman has been very vocal about that on Instagram, on Twitter, on X. Um, so I think it starts with those wide receivers. Walker White has also been in there as well. And let's don't forget um, uh, uh, Ryan Williams's teammate Antonio Coleman. He just flipped. He's a 2025 kid, but he just flipped from Alabama to Auburn. You know, shortly after the de December signing mm -hmm. day. So they've got plenty of uh, plenty of mouths in his ears going into uh, going into January. Is he the last high school prospect that Auburn is recruiting in the 2024 cycle? At, at this point, yes, at least that we know of. That, that, those, that's kind of the lone guy right now. There might be some others pop up at some positions, uh, but as of right now, Ryan Williams seems to be the, the, the lone target for that February signing day. Okay. Now, so the bowl game just wrapped. So let's talk a little transfer portal. And before we get into big names, I want to just generally speak on one topic. Do you think that Auburn will look at the quarterbacks available in the transfer portal and possibly pursue one? Hugh Freeze has publicly said no. He's not. He's, he's comfortable with the guys he has. Now, after the performance we saw from Peyton Thorne on – what's today? On, in, in the bowl game, man – it would be tough, but I really think he went all in on this high school recruiting. I think he's mm -hmm. he's got Peyton Thorne coming back. He's got Hank Brown. He's got Holden Gurner. He's got Walker White coming in. But I know a lot of Auburn fans woke up the next morning after that bowl game and said, if, if we're not looking in the transfer portal, we're not doing it right for a quarterback. So, uh, But as of today, I don't think he will. Uh, I think uh, a lot of the NIL – was was geared towards the high school recruiting and, yeah. and it's going to be geared towards other positions as well in the portal uh you know quarter transfer quarterbacks are expensive and um I, I don't know if if Hugh Freeze and um is willing to go that route at least right now that could certainly mm -hmm. change but at least right now Josh I'm not expecting a transfer quarterback 
Okay. Well, one prospect we know that they are interested in the transfer portal is former UGA cornerback AJ Harris. He's actually trending to Auburn right now on the recruiting prediction machine. He's a former five-star with three years to play. So good bit of value there. Uh, he's already taken that visit to Auburn before the dead period. So what are you hearing on when this could get closed out? Been tracking this one closely. You know, we we were hearing a lot of buzz that he was going to come in for that visit the last week uh, before the dead period and have a, a decision shortly thereafter. Uh, I think there was a, a lot of people that thought he would already be committed and signed back during the early signing day. Now, we did hear that there was some miscommunication as far as where they project him to play, whether it be safety, nickel, or corner. Mm -hmm. uh, I think AJ, um, from, from my sources, wants to play in the back end of, of the defensive backfield, whereas Auburn thought he might be a better fit at cornerback uh, or the nickel spot. So the, that's, I think that's the only reason we've heard why there's been some delayment in his decision. Um, now we've heard, you know, maybe he wants to take a couple of more visits when the January 3rd transfer portal uh, hmm. visit window opens up. So, you know, Syracuse is certainly with Fran Brown, his former defensive backs coach at Georgia, now at Syracuse. Syracuse is certainly a school I'll right. be tracking to see if he visits. I think Tennessee is another school that we've heard that maybe he wants to visit. But I know Auburn wants to get him locked in. And um, But, you know, A.J. is not a media-friendly guy. He, he's he's a private guy. You know, uh, he walked in when we saw him uh, during his visit, and he was like, no media. I, I don't I don't want anything. I don't even want you to take my picture. Mm -hmm. So it's information uh, as far as his recruiting is tough to come by but we have heard bits and pieces there and uh, I think uh, the position is certainly something to track as well as other visits I feel like the longer this goes on without mm -hmm. him being committed to Auburn typically in recruiting the longer it goes on the the less uh, of a chance you're, you're going to get him yeah, that's kind of how it goes in the transfer portal. All right, well, generally speaking, what other needs is Auburn treating as a priority when it comes to the transfer portal? Tight end. Uh, tight I end. think tight end is up there. And you've got Rico Walker, the, uh, the the transfer from Maryland, coming in January the 3rd for an official visit. He is His father played at Auburn back in the 90s. Auburn recruited him out of high school and was in his final group. So uh, Rico Walker certainly a guy I'm going to be tracking closely uh, in the next few days when he comes in for his official visit. And I think they still want an offensive lineman, uh, two offensive linemen. I think they want an outside guy and an inside guy uh, from the transfer portal. So and they've brought in a couple of guys. They really haven't pushed for those guys, uh, but there's there's certainly uh, certainly a position that I'm going to be tracking as well. Maybe another wide receiver, but you know they've got two guys right now, Robert Lewis. Um, so I don't – and Sam Jackson, uh, who was recently uh, signed, don't know if they're going to push hard there. But tight end, offensive alignment, defensive alignment as well, Josh, uh, and, and a couple of more defensive backs. Mm. Well, it's going to get heated up because right now Auburn season has come to an end. So transfer portal, high school recruiting, that's all we can focus on moving forward. Jeffrey Lee from Auburn Live, thank you for dropping by the inside scoop, talking a little Auburn recruiting. Absolutely, Josh. Thanks so much for having me. Happy New Year's. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for watching. If you enjoyed that content, be sure to subscribe to the On3 Recruits channel. We have a new page dedicated only to recruiting. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. 
Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.